A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. Today, I'm super excited to have a friend back on my show, Dr. David Maloli. He's the founder of Relentless Dentist and the Dental Success Network. And um, the reason I'm really excited about today's episode is because we're going to talk about something we typically don't talk about, which is happiness and what is life and, you know, what's the most important thing. Um, and we get caught up in this trap of, you know, more, 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 more business, more patients, more clients. How do we do a better job? Sometimes we don't enjoy life and, and, and that pursuit of trying to be better kind of overwhelms us. So, um, Dr. Maloli, welcome. Well, welcome back to the Growing Dentist podcast show. Hey, thank you so much. It's always fun to chat with you online uh, um, or offline. We always have some amazing conversations. So uh, I'm grateful for, for the opportunity to be with you again today. Thank you very much, doctor. Really appreciate it. Um, so, so let's just dive right in. I think maybe telling kind of, I mean, I know we talked about who you are and what got you to where you are and so forth in our last podcast. So without kind of giving a complete rehash of the bio, I'm just thinking, you know, at the end of the day, we are humans. We are not perfect. So we <laughs> grew up, right? We make mistakes. Um, and sometimes the mistakes we make is, you know, something as simple as, hey, I could have done a better job in the way I talked to that patient. But sometimes it's about life itself. So um, why don't we just dive in and, and talk about, you know, that, you know, like, uh, because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people who are listening to this show and your show and, uh, you know, just the fact that you are a dentist means you are in the top, you know, one, two, three, four percent of the population. Right. So we are not, you know, people who don't, who are not at the bottom of the, you know, the, the, the pile, so to speak. So, um, you know, sometimes we have a lot, you know, whether we realize it or not, compared to the rest of the world, the rest of the country, you know, rest of everything. So, um, what, what do you think about this topic about, you know, happiness and life and. Yeah. You know, it's super important to me. I've been scared straight a, a few times um, in my life. And when I, when I, when those happened, I realized where I was going wrong. And my goal um, when I, when I communicate from stage or on podcasts is, is if I can help someone else avoid that shocking moment where the, the pain drives them to something greater um, then I'm happy to share my struggles. And the thing that concerns me um, a lot for the profession and for our colleagues is that I have a lot of respect for them, right? They're, they're hardworking or they wouldn't be able to get into dental school or through dental school, generally speaking. Um, and they give a lot of themselves. And in giving of yourself, sometimes you try and grow your practice or build your community, build your team, grow your patient base while driving yourself into the ground. And um, I think it's uh, it's it, we hear a lot of things in dentistry, a lot of stories. Some of them are told frankly. Some of them we have to hear through the grapevine. But you know, stories of struggle, of financial struggle, despite high incomes, um, struggle um, with marriages, struggles with children, struggles, um, you name it. And it, I think a lot of it is because we lack clarity and aren't putting attention on the right thing. And kind of the thing that I've always wanted to come from my podcast and my communication. And I learn a lot from it too. I'm, I'm not sermonizing and saying that I don't struggle here because I certainly do. But if people can realize that they need to build an epic practice to build an epic life, to be the engine of an epic life, then that's the level of clarity. Once you start defining that, then um, you can feel, I don't love the word balance because I always feel a little bit out of balance because certain things pop up, but people can feel congruent with what they really want to get from their life. And ultimately, I think the best strategy is to try and avoid regret at the end of our time on this planet. Yeah, I mean, as as entrepreneurs, as business people, as this dental practice owners, um, you know, we always want things to be better, right? We have mm -hmm. 10 patients, we want 15. <laughs> we have, uh, you know, 750, we want 800, right? We always keep seeing what we don't have. We want the next thing and the next thing. And then many of us, you know, we get so caught up in that next thing, we forget about why did we start doing that in the first place, right? right. Uh, or we started doing it because, you know, we wanted to have provide a good life for our families, you know, 
we wanted our kids to be okay our, our you know our team to be okay and um, we wanted um, you know to have hopefully a decent lifestyle where we tend to you know go on a vacation now and then and you know enjoy life now and then and you know and and make a difference for the people we take care of you know uh, patients or customers or you know um, whoever we are serving right but then sometimes the 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 struggle takes over and um, I love the quote you used um, you know you said you're giving a speech where were you giving a speech recently in front of 500 top performing dentists I was in Scottsdale and I, I wasn't quite sure what to present to them because I feel like they know a lot and I really wanted to make sure I added value because I, I feel a fair amount of pressure when I think about say I'm up here for an hour and there's 400 people watching I me mean, that's 400 man hours that I'm either going to waste or add value to right um, so I kind of took a shot in the dark and I, I decided to focus on clarity and um, I showed a specific slide that has been important to me because I've certainly lived this. Um, but I got it when I showed the quote, um, it, I, I heard from stage a collective gasp and I didn't mean, I don't mean to say 500 people gasp, but I, I heard several people kind of like find a paradigm shift or have a, a small epiphany there. And the quote was, unhappiness is not knowing what we want and killing ourselves to get it. And I think that defines a lot of dentist careers um, because we're chasing more and that's not clear enough. That's in my, in, in my estimation, that's not really knowing what you want. And, um, and when you're killing yourself to get it and working and driving and um, you know, people think that dentists have a cushy life, you know, they show up to work at eight and they walk out the door at four 30, but um, my, my practice has never looked like that. So um, yeah, I think we work really hard and end up on this. A lot of us, particularly people who are probably listening to this, who are achievers and um, are looking for new insights and listen to podcasts. They're looking for another level. They're looking for more, but to not know what that looks like exactly and why you're doing it, um, can can deliver a fair amount of hardship i think yeah i want to pass this and i want to share my experience and i would love for you to share experience so let me let me repeat what you just said happiness is not knowing what you want and killing yourself to get it happiness is not knowing what you want and killing yourself to, i'm sorry unhappiness sorry no. unhappiness is not knowing what you want and killing killing yourself to get it right mm. that's so well said i mean most of us are working really hard right i mean like you said that's why you know we became who we became you know dental you know sorry dentists or business owners and so forth um so we work really really hard trying to get it right but right. if we don't know what we want it's like you know you get on a train or a bus or a plane but if you don't know where you want to end up you're going to end up in the wrong place and you're going to not be happy right so but Sometimes the journey takes over and, and not knowing what we want kind of gets, I mean, we don't focus on it. So, I mean, in my case, um, I'll tell a personal story. Um, you know, um, like I get a lot of happiness and um, uh, in the book Flow, um, uh, there's a great book. If anybody's interested, you should read it. And it talks about happiness and so forth. Um, um, in the book Flow, this particular author talks about you know, uh, surgeons, when they're doing surgery, they're almost like in this the, the out-of-body experience. They don't even realize what's going on. Like, I mean, so sometimes they would go on a vacation and then they would run into the surgery place and you know do surgery because they just love it. Or somebody who's uh, climbing a mountain or somebody who's, you know, surfing the, the oceans. Uh, I mean, you get into this Zen type moment and, uh, and um, we really forget ourselves. We just are in this, like this zone. And for me, I love to um, work with people who are growing and, and who are uh, thinking and who are trying new things and noticing what they're accomplishing and noticing what's not working and learning from it. I love it. But sometimes I turn it into stress when things don't go the way I want. I, I, I get mad and I yell and I scream and, you know, all those negative things. So I'm a bad person to be around. So it's just that clarity, that clarity that really why I got into this is because I want to enjoy those moments. I want to enjoy those moments of, you know, having those insights, both when things don't work and when they, things do work and, and saying, you know what, I need to go get back to that. That's who I am. That's what makes me happy because, you know, that house, that car, whatever it is, you know, maybe makes you happy for a day or two, but really, you know, you have to live your entire life, right? So zooming into that thing that 
makes you happy. And, and again, it's a journey. You don't figure it out, you know, on day one. Like what are the things that really, really makes you happy? And then figuring out how to structure your life or your business or your work around that. So you get to do more of that. Um, so I found that to be very insightful. And I have to be very honest. I have turned this happiness into misery because mm-hmm. I get stressed out when we make stupid mistakes or we do stupid things, right? But instead of turning that into stress, if I can start using it as a moment for me to uh, le- teach something, you know, I love to educate. I love to you know, notice things and share what I notice with others. And then slowly start seeing other people doing it because I love to see other people grow and then encourage them more because the more they grow and the more they are encouraged, the more confidence they're going to have to grow more. So for me, that's an example of how two sides of a coin, one side is misery. One side is, uh, you know, happiness. One side is a problem. The other side is an opportunity, right? So that's to me is my Zen. So share with me from your life, like, like perhaps where you kind of, you know, like you said, um, unhappiness is not knowing what you want and killing yourself to get it. Where you fell into that trap? Um, definitely within my practice several times. I think um, when I moved to the Vale Valley um, eight years ago, I had a very clear um, vision of what I wanted my practice to be like, but moreover, how I wanted that to fit in my life. And that's why I moved to a resort town so I could hike and bike and ski and when you're doing a startup, particularly uh, the wrong way, like I did on a bad economy, um, the, the, the practice demands more of you. And I got on that treadmill and I grew it and I figured out marketing and I figured out how to make the phone rings and I just kept adding staff and I started exceeding my goals, but it wasn't enough for me. So my, my goal is to, to, I had a certain financial goal in the practice and I achieved that by probably year two and a half, two and a half years in. Um, but the struggle was that I got kind of addicted to the entrepreneurial side of it and didn't spend time skiing with my family. Like I proposed, um, I would, I would dive into projects and when I wasn't working in the business, I'd be working on the business. And it was like I talked about before, just a, a drive for more without definition, what more looks like. Um, and I had a pretty profound pivot that will show the other end of the spectrum or show contrast was in, um, at the end of 2016, um, I can't remember if I've shared on your show or not, but in 2000, 2000, the end of 2013, my wife had a stroke and it was a scarring event for me. We almost lost her. And so although she's recovered miraculously, I've always had this kind of low grade, paranoia that I may lose my wife and my son may lose his mother. And I kind of let it define me. And it wasn't, I I wasn't who I wanted to be um, because I was letting that, um, those thoughts control me to a degree. And I wanted to have the epic life that I talked about on the podcast. I wanted to have more time out of the practice. So um, I wrote down in 16 different categories, exactly what I wanted in during Christmas break of 2016 and my quest was to to not only have an, have 2017 to be the best year, um, to be a great year, but to be the best year of my life. And so I was able to take my practice from four days to three days, which freed up a ton of time to do uh, recreation with my son. We skied 40 some days that 42 days that season allowed me to launch some other business projects, um, some coaching that I've been eager to do as a byproduct of the podcast. And it was all because I got clear and I, I decided what I wanted, not only from my practice, but again, more importantly, from, from my life and how the practice would feed that and not define my life. So um, I've definitely been up and down and back and around and uh, my vision gets hijacked from time to time, like I said, but if you have it written down and you know what the quest is, you can continue to define and refine it so that you, 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 we realize that we're human and we fall off path most of the time, but it's the ability to redirect that's um, really important to make sure that at the end of our days that um, we, we look back on our life with a sense of pride, I think. Right. So I, I think what you're saying is, I mean, if I were to pass this, number one, you, you decided to do something. Of course, this life event happened that made you say, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to yeah. sit down and figure out what's important to me, what makes me happy. What do I want out of life, right? 
so that's something happened. And in your case, it happened because of, you know, that health issue that happened with your wife. Second is you wrote it down and then you, you did your best to remember it. Right. And also you realized you are going to fall off. I mean, you are a human being. You are going to screw up. You're going to make mistakes and your habits are going to keep coming back. Right. Like you said, that drive for more, the drive for the next level. That's just almost in us. Right. That's why you are a dentist. I mean, if you didn't have that drive, you wouldn't be in the top of your class and wouldn't end up going to uh, dental school and, you know, becoming a doctor. So it's in you. So you can't, pretend like it's not. I mean, if it was not, you wouldn't be who you are. But learning how to harness it, learning how to, um, you know, it's like we all have, uh, you know, the good and the bad in us, right? So usually it's two sides of the same coin. On one hand, the drive made you a dentist and made you successful. On the other hand, the drive can also be your downfall. (laughs) Yes. Right? Absolutely. Uh, Like you said, you know, unhappiness is you know, not knowing what you want and killing yourself to get it. I mean, that's a beautiful way of putting it. You know, we, we will kill ourselves. That's just in us almost. <laughs> the question is, are we doing it to get what we want? Or are we just doing it just because we love killing ourselves? You know, yeah, pursuing the right things. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah. now, of course, I'm sure since you haven't had that kind of a scare, but I'm sure you still go back to that, right? Go back and ask, hey, this is what I want. Is this where I want, you know, this is, this is what a great year looks like. And again, great year is not just about your practice or your revenues or whatever the numbers are, but life itself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, it needs to be done at least annually. That's, at least that's how I do it. I figure like the holidays is a great time to reflect on the year, um, find out kind of an after action review, what went well, what didn't go well, time to feel grateful. Um, so that we don't fall into the gap and, and just continue to chase that horizon, um, but also define on what we really want because I, I used to be really good at like life planning and five-year planning and all this sort of stuff, but I find that life, and at least my life moves so fast and I think it's a byproduct of technology and um, the opportunities that it provides that what I wanted five years ago is different than what, what, what I aspire to three years down the road. And so um, I, I go in 90 day chunks um, through the self, uh, what's that called? The self, best self planner um, really helps to stay on course um, with your top goals and making sure that you're making progress to- towards them. But again, I think it needs it, uh, the realization, like you said, that we're off course most of the time and that it needs to perpetually be redefined because one, we're off course or two, we might, have new opportunities or have changed um, who we are enough that the goals that we aspire to long-term have, have changed a little bit. Um, sometimes, you know, as we get older, we realize that, that toys are great, but it's really the memories and the relationships that, that pay our, uh, give us the most fulfillment. And so we may want to redirect and spend more time um, taking vacations with loved ones as opposed to buying toys that that park in the garage and things like that. So I think it's a it's a it's a ever moving target. But if you don't see it, um, you you won't even be headed in the right direction. I think that's kind of the take home message. Right. So if people are listening to this today and maybe they are in that you know that journey of killing themselves, getting something they they don't really know if they really want, what do you recommend they do? Um, I think you need some quiet time to yourself. I, I would say quiet time to yourself to des- define really what you want. Um, the one thing that I believe is epidemic in dentistry is that we're chasing other people's dreams. So you hear somebody has nine practices and you say, hmm, that sounds good. I'd like nine practices. Well, what does it take to get there? Are you willing to put in the sacrifice? What are the rewards? Are they worth it to you? Um, really defining what it's, what it's, um, what it means in your life picture. For example, I've had probably five people in the last few weeks reach out to me and say, thank you for championing solo practice. And I, I don't know that I do that intentionally, but I do have a, have a solo practice. And um, there's so much of a message of more is better and multi-practice and multi- multiple partnerships. And certainly that that's right for the right people. And I have people that are in love with their journey on multiple practice ownerships but again, it's not for everyone. And so before you go down that road and invest a few million dollars in a handful of practices, 
it's better to know if that going to serve you in the way that you want or are you more of a clinician that just wants a, a small group of patients that you really care for? I think we have to look back on what our drivers were um, that, that made us apply to dental school and what we told that admissions committee because it's easy for, like I keep saying, our, for our vision to be hijacked. So I think you need to have some quiet time. And sometimes I take up to a day where I just book it off and I, I, I have a matrix of 16 different things that I redefine and I keep it on my whiteboard. It's right to the right of me so that I can constantly really reflect. And some of the, for example, one of the um, categories is friendships. And I don't, I, I only have about 10 people on there, but that has changed over time. The people that I really want to make sure I'm investing in in 2018 um, is different than 2014. And that's not to sound cold or institutional, but if we don't schedule things and define our priorities in writing, um, it's, you know, marathons of Netflix and, and um, random little social media things will take you off track so fast that you don't even realize it's happening. And then, you know, two or three years go by and you're like, what have I been spending my time on? So um, to summarize, I would say you just have to take personal time and realize what you want from the major, major categories in your life. And the one that I've continually neglected because I was so busy achieving is those important relationships, your family, your friends. and um, we know from the, from the top five regrets of the dying that at the end of the day is it's really going to be the courage that you had to do, go after what you wanted and the relationships that you cultivated over time that are going to mean the most to you. So we should take the wisdom from, from those people and help that define, use that as a roadmap to help define our lives um, while we still have the youth and the vigor to, to really get after it. Absolutely. Um, I, I just wanted to, um, piggyback on what you just said. I mean, you're spending so much time, quote unquote, getting what you want. Why not spend at least 2% of the time making sure you're getting, you know what, <laughs> that you're getting the things that you really want versus the things that, I love that your quote, right? This epidemic where we chase other people's dreams. Yeah. We don't chase our dreams. And, and, and there's, I mean, that's so profound. We buy machines we don't really need because everybody else has it. Uh, we build a bigger office we don't really need because somebody else has it, right? Somebody else does something, so we try to do it. Oh, I want my website to look like that, guys. You know, what does he want? What is he trying to achieve versus what do I want? I mean, it might be totally two different things. Totally. Maybe he needs, he just loves implants. But maybe for me, I just love taking care of families. So if I try to get a website like his, maybe I won't get what I want. You know what I mean? So true. I mean, I've, I've come back from courses and I was going to be the apnea guy. I was going to be the implant guy. I was going to be the Invisalign guy. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I wanted to be more of a comprehensive dentist and, and really build relationships with families. So sure, those, those things are valuable and they're a value add to my patient base for sure. But um, I, I've tried to specialize in so many different things, full realizing that um, I live in a small community and I'm raising my family here and I want to be a part of it. And, and what, what's most meaningful for me is to, to help people feel healthy, help people feel confident in their smiles. And if I pigeonhole myself as said specialist, it gets me further away from my goals than closer to them. But it's, it's, um, I, I know marketing and I understand sales and I still, I fall, I fall into the trap of, um, thinking that the next shiny object is going to redefine me and my practice. And it takes me a while to get my clear head and realize that um, I know what I want and I just need to stay on that path. Right. And so one of the other things I, I don't, I would like your take on it is that we need people who keep us honest, right? Because sometimes we go crazy and we go off track and somebody has to wake us up and say, remember what you really want. This is not what you really want. You know, remember you wanted this to be fun and you wanted to have fun with your patients. You're getting stressed out. Yeah. You know, I think, go ahead. I, I have um, developed a few close friendships in the last um, probably two years. And the, the, what you said is it's so powerful and so meaningful because really what I think you want as far as your team that supports you, your family and your close circle of friends is people that, they always know that they have your back and, and you have theirs. And right. part of that is the ability to call, call you out on your own BS. And um, I've never really had that because it's not politically correct. 
Um, but now I have friends that say like, listen, like you're not doing what you love to do. Listen, you're not doing what you're born to do. Listen, um, because it's, we, we, I don't know. I always want my business to be better. I always want my clinical skills to be better. And so we end up in these rabbit holes that certainly I'm not saying it's not important, but it's not the most important. So to have people that are keeping you in check and, and a bit of an accountability process there is super important. So you have to be confident and not fragile for people to say, Hey, listen, like you're screwing this up. And um, I don't think adult learning is, is, where we shy away from, from candor, that level of candor, we end up saying, if maybe someday you can get around to, and we sugarcoat things. And right. that's, that's not the friends you really need, I don't think. You're absolutely right. It's like you're talking about telling the truth. You, have to, you need to be able to you know, encourage them to tell you the truth, things you don't want to hear, exactly. things, you know, your blind spots. And, and they need to trust you enough and they need to be the kind of people who are willing to go out on a limb and tell you, you're being an idiot here. You're being stupid. <laughs> this is not who you are. I mean, like you said, after every course, so one day you're going to be an implant guy and the next day you want to be an Invisalign guy, but that's not who you are. You want to, you know, be part of the community. You moved there for a reason, right? Yes, absolutely. You, you want to, I mean, it's a small community. It's not like a big city where it's like a factory, you know, it's <laughs> relationships, it's people. You want yeah. to be able to, when you go out skiing with your son, you want to be able to talk to that patient of yours and he, you know, share a laugh 100%, you know? yeah. and, and having that clarity that having that, you know, this is what I want. And of course, now you have all that free time because you're not killing yourself doing things because somebody else is doing implants or somebody else is doing Invisalign. Now you have time to go and do something you were born to do, which is, you know, share your wisdom and think about these things and share your clarity, you know, in the form of coaching or speaking, you know? So sometimes we think, following our dreams is a bad idea, but it's the best idea out there, right? It's like being true to who you are because now it's no longer work. It's play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, when it, you do that, go ahead. One of the things that I use as a guiding document and I've kind of already um, referenced it a couple of times is the top five regrets of the dying. And the number one regret is I wish I would have lived a life true to myself and not the one that others expected of me. And so, there's a couple of things to think about there. One is courage. And essentially they're saying that they fell mainstream, but they weren't, they didn't feel like that was in their heart to be mainstream. And so it reminds me of another quote. I think it's by Mark Twain. I may, I may be um, misreferencing it, but it's whenever you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. And that's just saying that we're all individuals and your epic practice may not look nothing like your friend's epic practice. And so you should be able to collaborate and share ideas, but, for them to be cookie cutters of one another and, and, and your lives to be cookie cutters of one another and think that you should only have two weeks vacation or this country club membership is, is the rite of passage, that may or may not work for you. And defining what really resonates, I think, is an ongoing process that really takes time. And the, the frustrating thing for me, and I understand why it is, is that dentists are scientists, right? But they'll spend more time working up a significant cosmetic case than they will planning their year. They'll spend more time maybe defining what they want their vacation to look like than they have um, their life. So it's really taking a step back and realizing that all these things that you're doing that you're working so hard for are, are pieces of the puzzle that um, if you screw up the foundation, it gets harder and harder to get back on track. Right. Um, I'm not a coach. Um, I, I run a marketing company, but I'll share a couple of ex examples without naming names. Um, you know, one of my um, clients, you know, um, uh, he's really frustrated about this issue we are having with uh, Google Places, right? Mm. And um, uh, things are better today than they used to be. You know, he didn't have, you know, 20 reviews. He has 20 reviews and all 4.9 stars. But four years ago, there was a profile and he has a few negative reviews and his average listing is 2.3 stars. Without getting into the technical details, um, one of the things that's holding him back is he gets super frustrated and it's like you pull the tree to see if the plant is growing, right? <laughs> you know, I have done that. So I'm not any less guilty than he is like, you know, like for me, my struggle is losing weight. So 
I, I work really hard or I go on a diet for three days and I expect to lose seven pounds and I end up losing two. I get pissed off. <laughs> what do I do when I'm stressed out? I eat. You know, so I become my biggest enemy. Yeah. I become my biggest problem. And, and uh, so, and then if you think about it, I mean, I mean, I mean, now let's flip it to finances, right? I mean, compared to a lot of the people out there, I mean, most dentists are in the top five, 10%, you know, but we are working as if we are going to, you know, we are going to, you know, be on the street and begging tomorrow, <laughs> you know, literally when there are real people who are on the street and, you know, and I know like to this day, like I, I'm really proud of what my practice has done, but like the schedule falls apart and it's like doom and gloom for me. It's, it's, it's a tricky, tricky fight. Yeah. So how do you, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like, how do you self-regulate? Because I mean, I love this quote. I don't know if Gandhi said it, but I think it was Gandhi. He said, the biggest battles are not fought out there. They are fought inside your mind. You know, yes, where you sure. become your biggest enemy, you become your biggest destruction. Yeah, I, I speak a, a fair amount on leadership and um, I've been a horrible leader, um, thinking that leadership meant being a dictator and just telling people exactly what you wanted, not nurturing relationships, not developing any psychological safety or culture. Um, but as I got deeper into team leadership, the more I realized it's exactly what you speak of. It's the self-leadership needs to precede the, the team leadership. And the more that we can um, continue to evolve and, and self-mastery is a word that's used a lot, but define those things like where do we, what gives us energy? What gives us courage? Um, what gives us fulfillment? All those sorts of things. If you, the term I use is the racehorse. So we're the racehorse. A lot of demanded of us in a dental practice. Um, you may do two or three hygiene checks an hour. You may be working on procedures. So you're doing marketing, sales, relationships, leadership, um, you, you know, CFO things, CEO things, all within the course of an hour. And it's really demanding. And so if you're a professional athlete, you know how to take care of yourself. And the energy demands on a, on a busy leader is very similar to professional athlete research shows and uh, making sure that you're figuring out the physiology and the psychology and the, and the persuasion and the purpose, all those sorts of things, the more you're able to define that and get after it and really stay true and accountable to the things that are important to you, whether that be meditation or exercise, a morning routine, um, you know, your, your, your belief system, your family system, that all has to, to help support you um, so that you can be at your best when you're in the dental office. So yeah, I think, that that self-leadership preceding team leadership is is something that dentists should really embrace because the where I see a lot of dentists struggle is that they don't even they're kind of in denial that leadership is even part of their job when it's maybe their most important job and then realizing furthermore if they are willing to lead their practice and get better and strengthen that muscle what it really takes to evolve as a leader and make make amends with the, the, the thought that being selfless for periods of time is what being selfish at times is what can help us be selfless and, and deliver value over the, over the course of a full career. That's an important point. So you're saying one of the key things we need to practice is having that time for yourself, you know, whether to reflect or whether to unwind or whether to, you know, do nothing. So your brain kind of slows down and really is not in the go, go, go mode. Yeah. A lot of what we're doing, I think, is fear-based. And when we're, fear, when we're fearful, um, we get the blinders turn on and we, we miss opportunities. And, we, um, and opportunities may mean a business opportunity, yeah, but it also may mean an opportunity to make a connection, to, to spend 30 more seconds with your patient and really connect with them so that they, you're building rapport and, and driving case acceptance. Um, so if we're tired, if we're exhausted, if we have decision fatigue, if we're not proper delegating, if we're not, um, continuing to keep the, the racehorse energetic, then it shortens our careers or we end up in these pits where we have to be scared straight because we've overspent or, um, misallocated our time. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think that clarity time that, whether we, we talked about annual, but I think it should happen every day, defining mm -hmm. what you're grateful for, what your top tasks are, because we, 
we define a lot of times productivity as busyness. That's what I think society um, rewards right now. But, you know, there's always that, that 80, 20 ability where, where 80% of the stuff that you're doing really doesn't matter. It's the 20, 20% that's the, the most important things that are really giving you all your results in life. And until you take time and sort through all that, you end up spending a lot of time that you shouldn't fixing sensors and, and doing things that should be done by other people, I think. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is amazing. I think, I think as a society, as, as a community, we need to spend a little bit more time thinking about, you know, what is happiness? What do we really want? Right. Because we spend all the time chasing, right? I mean, we spend 99% of the time chasing to a point where some of us don't even have a relationship with our own kids, yeah. you know, our own wives. And we are in our second, I mean, third, second, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's pretty horrendous. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, pretty scary. Um, I know you and I spent a lot of time talking about our kids and, you know, what we do with them and stuff. But really, those are the things you're going to remember when you're dying. You're not going to remember getting stressed out about this one issue or, you know, that one thing, you know. Um, and I think that's, I mean, again, like, sometimes thinking about overscheduling seems like you're getting deeper into the busyness of life. But um, I found to the point where literally like I schedule skiing time with my son, because if that's the most important thing on Saturday morning, my natural tendency is to get on the computer, answer a couple emails that may in the end end up in a, some, you know, some sort of project thing. And our eight, eight o'clock, 8 a.m. departure ends up being a 1030 departure. And I've shortened my time with him. Um, which is hard for me to admit, but I think it's a reality for a lot of people. And um, until that, those, those big rocks get scheduled, the things that really you want to define your legacy, it's easy to pass them over because it's happening in the small moments during the day. And if you don't define them, then they get defined by other things. There's a lot of people demanding of your time and um, you have to, you have to be, willing to take that selfish posture from time to time, because like I said, I think that allows you to serve at the level that ambitious dentists really went to school to do. Um, I think it's, it's part of what we're after, but we have to make sure that the right building blocks are there to make sure that we don't run ourselves into the ground while we're, we're building our practices. Right. And by running ourselves into the ground, we are not helping anybody. We are not helping <laughs> our families. We are not helping ourselves. We are not helping our, team you're not helping our you know nobody uh, so really nobody wins when we run ourselves into the ground nobody wins when we kill ourselves trying to get something we don't really need or we don't really want and i think as you mentioned that it reminds me of thinking about leadership by example like if you're if you're walking into the office and you're 60 percent, say just from an energy standpoint or a focus standpoint where can you expect your team to be much less than that. I, I, I think most organizations take on the personality of its leader. And if they see that, like some level of um, going through the motions and they can pick up on it, it may be subtle, um, but your, your energy level will certainly define your team's energy level. And, and ultimately that's going that's to that's gonna reflect on the bottom line. So if we're chasing the bottom line, yeah. um, I think that's fine. But um, we have to realize the ingredients that help us get there without, without that burnout that we spoke of. Yeah. So what you're saying is when you're happy, you're going to get good ideas. You're going to see opportunities when you're miserable, you're going to see more misery and uh, your people around you are going to see more misery and nobody is thinking, nobody is. So actually by not pursuing your bottom line and by pursuing, you know, gratitude and pursuing, you know, happiness we kind of end up getting more bottom line yeah you know um i'll tell i'll true tell a true to life story and at the end of 2016 i think i mentioned it that i decided that i was going to go from four-day work weeks to three-day work weeks and it was really scary to me and it was really scary to my team and um i just knew that i needed to carve out more time to pursue some other things outside of the dental practice that I was after. Furthermore, I was busy enough in the dental practice that all the time that I used to have to work on the business during the workday just wasn't happening. So I was there and I needed to be focused and I needed some other days that I was help, helping um, with the systems, with the marketing, 
redefining the vision, sometimes hiring a um, new team. And so I was scared um, because I was going from, I typically, I've, I've gone from as many as 20 day work weeks, 20 day work months to most recently it's been 15. So I was dropping down to 11 or 12 and um, it was just a leap of faith. Really. My goal was to keep 2017 um, consistent as far as production with 2016, which still meant that we were going to have to um, do more in less days. And at the end of 2017, we ended up growing by 15%. And the only thing that I can say that we did significantly different was that we were more energetic, more energetic. And the term we use is batteries included. And we show up on Monday, we knew that we had work to get done and that it was going to be a three day sprint. And then some days we're going to take a six day weekend. So it was that focus and the feeling good that really drove that. Um, So to say that patients don't realize that and say that, that, um, we're not, you know, dragging on day four. And I'm not, I'm not a complete advocate of a three-day work week. Some people need four or five days to make happen what they want. But um, for me, I was doing things that I really enjoyed at that time off, which made me a better dentist and a better leader the days that I, the 11 or 12 days that I was in the office. And um, like I said, it all, it all trickled down to the bottom line. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I love this conversation and um Anything else you want to share before we wrap up, doctor? No, I mean, I think if this resonates with anyone, um, I've launched a coaching program called High Performance Coaching. It, it focuses on clarity, energy, courage, productivity, influence, all of which we've talked about in this conversation, kind of unintentionally, but I think we touched on all those. Um, and it's really about self-leadership driving team leadership and team leadership driving an epic practice and an epic practice driving an epic life. So if anyone is interested um, and having a, a complimentary conversation with me about that, they're, they're more than welcome to reach out um, to my email. It's dr.dave at relentlessdentist.com. It's something that, as you can probably tell, I'm super passionate about because it's paid lots of dividends uh, in my life. And if I can help ease up um, somebody's course during their professional career for more fulfillment, more joy, um, certainly more production, more time off. Um, I'm always happy to share the lessons I've learned, the hardship that I've had, and and um, make that path a little clearer for them. It's it's what I love to do. So, thank you. I mean, if if you are doing anything, I mean, I I, I will say it with my full heart. You're not going to do it with seventy percent. You're going to go all in. So, I mean, uh, based on our conversation today. Um, uh, Life is number one, right? Everything else supports life. Yes. So it's like without air, you know, no point you having a lot of water or a lot of food because you're going to die. So, I mean, without thinking about life and what's important for life, who cares about all the other stuff? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so I know you, you don't do it just for the sake of doing it. You don't do it because somebody else is doing it. You do it because you want to do it. That's something that gives you energy. That's something that you know, makes you jump out of bed, you know, every morning. So I would strongly recommend people, you know, of course, go to your website, Relentless Dentist, um, email you. If you don't mind, we would love to include uh, the email address, doctor, that you shared with us. I'd appreciate that. And um, also, um, you know, um, do you want to talk about the Success Network? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, a couple months ago, um, we me and a few business partners launched a project that we think will help redefine the course of a lot of people's careers called Dental Success Network. Um, People that you know, like Mark Costas is a partner, but there's also faculty of people that, you know, really talented people like my friend, Andrew Turchin, who's a world-class cosmetic dentist in Aspen, Colorado, down the road, like uh, Corey Glenn and Baron Gretter that are redefining digital dentistry. Um, no matter what kind of issue you have, there's a faculty member in there that can support you. Sometimes it's just the peer support that you have, people that are doing what you're doing, multiple practices, solo practice, lifestyle practice, um, innovating in the implant realm. We have support in, and now we have 30 faculty there. Um, it also, another kind of key pillar is the buyer's group. If you can imagine, say a major DSO may have 300, 400, 500 practices, We've already obtained that, that amount of leverage to go to 
to go to um, any sort of vendor and saying, listen, we realize you're a high quality vendor, but if we're going to be bringing you this many um, clients, we need to have your best price. And the thing that's different about what we're doing, because we believe in positivity and transparency is going to redefine the game in dentistry, is that we're refusing any sort of affiliate fees or kickbacks. So if we go to a major lab, they say, well, where do I send the check? And we say, no, you need to pass on that savings to our members. So it's a really a, a locking of arms with people and saying that if we can check our egos and, and, and unite as as dentists who want autonomy, it's going to give us all the competitive advantages and bargaining power. Um, the, the third aspect that I should mention is the live CE. We have a facility in Scottsdale that's already open and one that's um, going to be opening. It's being built in Indianapolis and we're looking for a place on the East Coast. These faculty will be teaching programs there. So there'll be hands-on stuff. There'll be clinical. There'll be practice management. There's a there's a, a, a numbers conference that digs into all the metrics of a practice that's going to be one of our first courses. So no matter what your kind of need or interest or hunger point is, I think um, we, can, we can support that. And that's our idea. The, the, the thing that makes us the most difference is that any haters or snarkiness is not welcome. So it's kind of a one strike and you're out. So you have the psychological safety to ask your quote unquote stupid questions and people will support you. And um, so it's really a, a cool collaboration. We're only in a couple of months, but it's growing like wildfire. Um, and I'm super excited because I think, um, I think it'll just make like, it's my passion. It's making the dentist's road behind me easier than mine was. And if we can kind of have that level of um, benevolence, I think is the rest, best word. And um, authenticity is saying like, yeah, like there were days where I didn't know where I was going to have to make payroll that, helps you realize that what you're going through is not, um, isn't an island and that we've all been through these peaks and valleys in our career. But if we can support and realize that we all have fears and struggles and, and um, that there's light at the other end of the tunnel, then that just shortens the learning curve. And that's really what we've, we've used to help define the vision for Dental Success Network. So if anyone's interested, um, the, the pricing is what I call no brainer pricing. You'll, you'll get the savings back tenfold just from the vendor discounts. It's uh, right now $147 a month, but it will go up over time. Um, it would just take one good idea per month to, to pay for that several, several times over, but we want the value to be immense. And so that's what lives inside the Dental Success Network. So if anyone's interested, please check it out. Um, we, we, love, we love members, but we realize it's not for anyone. If you, if you tend to be on the negative side um, and don't like to collaborate, and innovate and get better day by day, then it's probably not the best place for you. However, if it's, if you're hungry, humble, and smart, I think you can live in there forever and realize value day after day. It's, it's really cool to see how it's grown in, in just a couple months. That's amazing. So I think you said you had a few hundred members already, right? Just in a couple of months? We're over 600. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And, and so the people who are going to join three years from now will end up paying more than the ones who join now. Yeah, we, we always want to keep the keep it at the no-brainer pricing, but over time, um, we're going to have to add staff, and so our costs will go up, um, and we're going to we're going to continue to to build physical facilities, put on courses, and all DSN members get get savings on all of these things. So um, yeah, it'll be it'll never be cheaper than it is right now for sure. Um, but awesome. the value the value adds, I think, will always far exceed what you'd ever. Um, what you'd ever pay per month, as long as you're engaging in the community, just like anything else in life, you get what you put into it. Right. And, um, there's it's the cool thing to see is all the kind of side ideas and businesses that are pop popping up organically when you get um, like-minded, hungry people together. And no one is, if you're bragging, you're bragging for support. It's not like a, a one-upsmanship. So it's yeah. a place where you can also say like, I had my best month ever and people will be happy for you as opposed to your state meeting where people think, think you're just uh, it's just an ego play. So um, it's a, it's, it's, it's built on this kind of utopian vision. And we realize that it, it, it it's hard to maintain that level of positivity, but so far so good. We have people signing our honor code. And if you have kind of a nasty reputation on message boards, we've, We've um, screened people out and not allowed memberships. So we're really holding true to making sure that 
Uh, the number one thing that defines a good culture and, and research in the new book culture code is psychological safety. So if you have a question, whether it's something that I learned in my junior year in dental school and you think you should have too, but you don't know, it's welcome there. There's actually a room called the safe space where people ask questions that they would have normally been afraid to ask on Facebook or where have you, and they get tons of support there. So um, it's really cool to see people um, breaking old barriers with just a little bit of support and encouragement in there. That's amazing. That's just wonderful. That's amazing. I love that uh, the three words, humble, hungry, and what's the other one? Or is it- I'm hungry, humble, and smart. I got that. Um, <laughs> it's from uh, Patrick Lencioni that wrote The Ideal Team Player. Okay. And he said the ideal team player is hungry, humble, and smart. And I use that kind of as a screening criteria, both on my team. And now when I, when I, when I kind of define a relationship, I want to make sure that people live in that world because if you're hungry and smart, you kind of can be a bull and try and overrun people. But if you kind of meet those, all those criteria and are eager to continue learning, that's the people that I love to surround myself with. And then I I think what we talked about today, maybe a fourth one, which is clarity, right? What makes you happy? Yeah. Because uh, sometimes we are hungry, but we are hungry about the wrong stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we're all guilty of that. It's in our nature. You know, we've learned to delay gratification like masters to get into dental school and right. through dental school and get our practices going. But there comes a time where, where we, ha- we can adjust and do it safely without financial risk. Right. And we should to make sure that all this hard work is, is paying dividends in our, in our lives. Exactly. I love talking to you, doctor. It's, uh, this is awesome. So I really so appreciate, fun. you know, just uh, openly sharing what's in your heart. There's no screens, there's no filters, it just comes out. So that's <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. It's, it's something I love to do. And um, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to share a little bit more today. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. And uh, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. If you loved it, I, I loved it. Um, you know, share it with your friends on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. Write a review for us, you know, write a comment because, and of course, check out uh, Dr. Maloli's podcast. It's called RelentlessDentist.com. So what you're getting here, I'm sure you get tons of that, you know, on this podcast as well. I've listened to several of his episodes. You would love it. Uh, have a have a wonderful day and have a great life. Thank you. Thank you, sir. That was awesome.